So what have you two done for MLK Day? Let's talk about it. I took a nap because I feel like he would want it that way. He wanted a white man to sleep comfortably with. Yeah. Yes. No. Okay. Well, oh, listen, I think it's okay to take a nap because during <laughs> it, I had a dream. What was your dream, Kirk? <laughs> I he had was a being... dream. <laughs> That's it. I've had a lot of weird dreams lately. I don't want to get into that right now because that's not the, that's not I the point. I also don't I think that I'm ready to hear about what happens in your subconscious, if I'm being honest. No. I, no, they've been fine. I, the past three nights, I've had a dream with Selena Gomez in them, which is really, I don't know what this is just telling go you. Go buy been Rare in Beauty. Interesting. Don't go buy Consistently. Rare Beauty, actually. I don't know what it means. I, means. I mean, she's usually taking breaks off social media. I don't know if that's the whole joke of hers right now is that she's like, I'm taking a break off of social know, media and I'm she appears the next day. It. Well, she's been in my dreams since as well, including social media. So wow. I'm taking a break from those. So this Martin Luther King Day is her. sponsored by anyway, MLK. It's rare beauty. <laughs> I mean, kind of. In Kirk's eyes. We could probably find a tie-in. Martin Luther King. What do, we, what do I say about him? You know what I want to say? He okay. on his wife a lot. That's literally That's something, something that talk people about refer enough. back to as a plot point to like debunk all the work he's done pretty often. <laughs> Oh, I wasn't debunking it. I was saying that you can <laughs> I mean, do both. We we know you can do both because and I think Stephen we should Hawking made incredible strides and, and yeah. advancements in the scientific world of physics. Um, and he also apparently touched little kids on Epsi's Island. So, Okay, I did not accuse Martin no, Luther I'm just, King. I'm no one said you did. Not a pedophile. Where did that accusation come from? You can be a deviant and also do good things. Yeah. I don't think for cheating on my face being a deviant. Oop, I said it. Um, but I think, well, we can't talk about Martin Luther King anymore without talking about... Um, Other black people? <laughs> uh, yes, most specifically. I'm blanking on the motherfucker's name. Um, you know what? I'm going to make the tie-in from Cat Williams to Martin Luther King. No, I can get you there quicker. Hold on. But not quicker. How, How many times has a man told you that, Erica? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Hold on. What the fuck is his name? We cannot talk about Martin Luther King Jr. without talking about Jonathan Majors. Oh my God! You mean Coretta Scott yes. King? Yeah, did you know this? <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit. So uh, last week he made these comments that his wife, his girlfriend Megan Good, is his Coretta Scott King, and a week later we are celebrating Martin Luther King Day. So I think it's only fitting that we also celebrate our new Martin Luther King, Jonathan Majors. <laughs> That's crazy. The, the podcast, the rest of the podcast does not sign off on that <laughs> statement. I'm kidding, but that interview is wild. Speaking of interviews, we're going to speak about today. Is this also his interview this where he was like, he was trying to defend himself for like, I know he's got like some assault chargers. Yeah, he does have assault yeah. chargers. I think that what's so funny about that interview is that you see a classically trained actor playing a role. Because, like, the way that he's talking, he's, like, trying to, like, build up this emotion. And it's, like, I would believe that if you weren't, if this was not your literal Do you know job. he kind of reminds me? The vibe gives, the, the interview was giving my girl Jussie Smollett. Oh, I was just oh about to make God. that comment. I miss, like, dearly, I felt the same out? way about seeing Jussie Smollett. Is was it, it Smollett? Smollett? I feel like I we're know. not going to give him the benefit of calling him Smollett. Who fucking cares? Juicy. Juicy Smollett. Juicy. He didn't do it, guys. I feel like the same way about him when he, he had interviews is like, you're putting too much into this. Yes. Like, people aren't believing you. 
because you're going a little too over the top right now. Okay, what yes. we're not going to do now is talk about two horrific black men on Martin Luther King Day. <laughs> we just have to back to some great men um, or to what the day is about. So, Erica, what did you do today for Martin Luther King Day, Jr.? You know what? I actually did some... I. Did some shopping oh. and picked up some things that I ended up donating. So, oh. and I cleaned out my closet of some like gloves and coats that I had and donated that too. That's so nice. I actually fucking did That's something. Great. What did you do, Kirk? Besides nothing, I woke up from my dream. I actually did. You know what? I did donate things this weekend. I'm donating two bags. <laughs> Go ahead. You know how it what? sounds already. So go no, ahead. No, you don't know where this is going. In my basement here, we have like we we each have different storage units, basement thingies. And my the, the woman below me, who I love, was like cleaning out hers, and she was like, "Oh, do you want me to take these too?" And then she was going through them. She was, Kirk, I was like, "She was, who's are these?" I was like, "Oh my god, I forgot. I found these two bags of children's clothes <laughs> in my apartment once, and I just put them downstairs." I was like, "Okay, you can donate them." So I donated them, but I don't know where they came from, which is a little concerning. And you just. You didn't even bother to find out. No, I don't really know where they could have come from, but they can be donated. But I'm just going to get the children's clothes out of my apartment for all intents and purposes. Wow. Happy MLK Day. That's, mm. That seems more of a happy Stephen Hawking Day type <laughs> beat. But. <laughs> well, speaking of oh. interviews and black men and... Black men having interviews. Black men having yep. interviews. I'll tell you what I did today. I watched three hours of... Cat Williams. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Let's jump into the hellscape of Cat Williams speaking for three hours. This year has kind of gotten off to a bang in terms of crazy shit that has happened. Yeah. Cat Williams, who is a pretty substantial comedian, he's kind of an OG in the comedian space now. He went on, it's like a podcast slash YouTube interview show that Shannon Sharp does um, called Club Shay Shay. And he had this very wide ranging interview where he basically kind of came after everyone in the film and TV and comedy world that he doesn't like or he feels has slighted him in some way or maybe has slighted him. And some of those people were even on Shannon Sharp's show before and had made comments about Cat Williams. And that's what also he was responding to. And it was, I mean, I think by now everyone has heard clips from it, but some of them are just wild. Some of it is very believable where he's talking about the way Hollywood works and the way there really is sort of a almost separate black Hollywood and how it works and, and how people come up in those worlds. I mean, everybody knows Hollywood is not a meritocracy. People come to Hollywood, they become big stars overnight for a whole variety of reasons that may be completely inorganic for one reason or another. And I guess that's sort of what he's raging against is he started out homeless in Florida after leaving home at 13 years old and has worked really hard to get where he is. Um, so he sees a lot of these other black comedians. I mean, he's specifically picking on black comedians and black actors a lot in this. Um, didn't do the same amount of work that he did and don't really deserve to be where they are. Or he sees them as untalented. So I watched this twice. Well, I should say I watched it somewhat in full, not fully paying attention the first time. And then I watched 
two thirds of it the second time. And I think what's really interesting is it seems that a recurring theme to your point is that there are these people who've given up some part of their morals for fame. And at the same time, there's a separate conversation that the rest of the world that is having that like, you know, Cat Williams is someone who has substance abuse issues and he's not, he's being painted as an unreliable narrator. Mm -hmm. And this is my question for you too, because like, I think before we have this conversation at all, we need to address the question of, do you really believe that he's for serious? Because there are things that he said that feel true. And then there are things that he said, like he talks about getting accepted into college at the age of seven. Like that's not possible. And reading adult full adult fiction books, books yeah. at three years old. Like he's, he said he was able to read fluently at three or four years old. <laughs> Kirk is still trying to get through the... <laughs> Through picture books. There's there's even a moment early, maybe like about a third of the way through, where he had gotten some dates wrong in his recounting. So he he had recounted a story, yep. and it was maybe like 10 or 15 minutes after that. One of the producers said from behind the scenes, oh, that thing you were talking about that actually happened at this time. So he was like way off on his date, and he kind of stumbled around and then like sort of salvaged it a little bit, and they moved on from it. But it was like moments like that. Um, he also makes a really big deal about how he was very close personal friends with Prince and Prince has owned or had owned in his car collection, the purple prowler from the movie Friday after next where Cat Williams was uh, money Mike. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason why he was making that connection and we can talk about this a little bit later. um, His whole underlying argument is Hollywood is an evil place that you have to pay your dues or sell your soul or give up um, certain parts of yourself. Like you were saying, Erica, like your morals make it big in Hollywood. He's claimed he's never had to do that. Prince is also somebody who talked about the way black men are treated in the film and TV and music world and, and actually had some kind of conspiracy theories himself Mm -hmm. that he talked about. And I think that's why he's making this connection, but There's an interview, I think it was like Jimmy Fallon, I can't remember which one, but one of the late night shows from like 2008, where he mentioned he had just recently met Prince for the first time. So that kind of (laughs) throws some cold water on the way he's trying to present in in this interview that he was very close, longtime friends with Prince. So it's, it's those little details that people have started to call out we were talking about this before we hit record, but like his criminal record, he has a very long list of times that he's been arrested on assault charges, battery charges. So that also kind of that past behavior calls into question the way he sort of presents himself as sort of holier and thou in this, in this interview. To me, what is so interesting about this interview and Cat Williams delivering the messages that he's delivering is that there's in everything around this interview, it's there's like this weird fantastical element to it that kind of, for me crosses over to yes, this could be real life, but this also to a degree feels like conspiracy when he's, when you're saying that it's a cabal of elites, that phrasing is very specific to And it's a dog whistle to a certain community. 
and it almost feels like he's trying to intentionally tap into that to, in my opinion, slander people who he feels has gotten an easier pathway. But then on the other side of that, we know that Hollywood does fucked up things. And so that's why, like, for me, I if it were up to me, the interview is a scrap because you are saying truths. But when you mix them in with lies, they are never going to be perceived as truths. I agree. And it's very hard to pick out what could be a lie or not a lie um, because some stuff does sound very plausible. But then Mm -hmm. you're also thinking about it and it's like, how does one person know all of this stuff that he claims to know and have seen stuff? And it's also tough to understand exactly what his message is because Cat Williams is a person who has been very, very successful but he's talking about other people that have also been successful and he kind of goes back and forth where he's slandering them for taking roles away or, you know, coming for him when he's the more successful or he's the one that has talent and they don't. But those people are also, you know, household names like Cedric the Entertainer or Terry mm-hmm. Crews or and, you know, he's saying, well, those people never made it because they weren't good like me. And it's like, I don't know how you can say that about somebody like Terry Crews. Yeah. You're And you're also not the same type of comedian either. So why are we comparing two pathways that are completely different? Yeah, but I do agree that uh, Steve Harvey is a goofy-ass motherfucker. I laughed yeah. at that. Also that- like, there's 30,000 scripts in Hollywood a year, and not one of them called for... What did he say? It was like, not one of them called for... A bald a country, country bumpkin, bumpkin or something. <laughs> black dude. Oh, yeah, that was crazy. I think this, like, the things that are going viral that we keep seeing, like, the Kevin Hart thing is a big thing, where he's he's claiming that Kevin Hart came here with everything and it never really worked for it. Kevin Hart replied, right, saying that he did. But it's kind of, I don't know, I get to a point, it's like, what, what's the purpose of doing that? Unless he's like bitter that he's not that big. It, it is stuff like that where it is tough to understand what's his beef, I guess. Right. I, know, I don't know if they had previous beef or not, but um, yeah, Kevin Hart kind of did blow up overnight, it felt like. And, and that's the thing that Cat Williams was trying to say is nobody knew the guy and then he came to Hollywood and all of a sudden he got big. But even Cat Williams himself in the interview admitted that Kevin Hart had a whole comedy career on the East Coast. Right. So, like, Cat Williams wasn't on the East Coast. Cat Williams, for most of his career, has been a West Coast comedian. And I know there's, like, there's a weird separation between East Coast and West Coast comedy worlds. I don't understand it. Oh. (laughs) And it is like, all right, so so you're saying that this guy had a whole career on the East Coast and then came to Hollywood and started getting deals. Like, he did something. They're also like very different to me. Like Kevin Hart is so mainstream, like not even not even because he is like his comedy is more like, I don't know. It's like like Katz is more honest. He's more of an honest comic where he's just like coming at everything. Yeah. yeah. Kevin's not yeah, really like that. It is. It is very different. And also Kevin Hart is more of like, I mean, he's been in like action movies, like he's in a shape athletic guy. Yeah. He's younger. It fit a whole or a need in Hollywood at the time. You know, it could be pure luck for all we know. Yeah. He's done a couple things with The Rock. Just imagine like The Rock with Cat Williams as his wisecracking sidekick as the comedy yep. relief from like that wouldn't work. Well, and I think that's a part of it too, where Cat Williams to me sits at the same on the same throne as like a Dave Chappelle where you don't feature Dave Chappelle anymore. yeah, It's like, oh my God, Dave Chappelle is in this. And it doesn't matter how little or how long or short Dave Chappelle is in something. It's like, 
Yeah, Dave Chappelle was in that, and that's Cat Williams, and that's it's know, Cat Williams hard to, to market. Cat Williams to me is like not as big as Dave Chappelle. I think I think Dave Chappelle's like his own thing. Dave Chappelle's like here, and then comedy's like below him. That's why I see Dave Chappelle like he's like his only. He's like the only Dave Chappelle. Where Cat Williams to me was like on Wild and Out for a few years. I think it depends on the media you consume yeah. because when if you grew up with the movies that Cat Williams really started his career in, then it is very much Cat Williams is above a lot of comedy yeah. because a lot of comedy that you know didn't Well, maybe that's why he's this way, without, though. Like he's, doing, he's speaking this way because maybe he's not getting the credit on a mainstream way that he should be, given all he's done. Yeah, but I also, mean, is he more trying to be like, the same thing like in the rap community. I was talking about this this weekend with my friends around like most deaf came out on this interview and was talking about how Drake is commercial. I'm like, yeah, of course he's commercial, but like, that's okay. Like, but most deaf is like, didn't want to be that. He wanted to be this, you know, like under not, rap for the rap scene. Like, is he comedy for the comedy scene? Like, it's, you know what I mean? I also wonder too, if it's differences in the racial makeup of his audience in general. To me, Cat Williams is being more of a a comedian for a black audience. Yeah, that's kind of how like he's, a, anyone. He's, yeah, he structures his jokes, and Dave Chappelle too, like has material that crosses over. Obviously, we're not going to talk about how problematic he is now, but like old Dave Chappelle had more accessible material for a white audience, and you don't have to do that. There's no reason why a comedian would have to cater to a white audience. But I did find it very interesting that. Cat Williams specifically in this interview talks about how he's able to tailor his comedy for any audience, yep. but that's not been like what I've experienced of Cat Williams career. Like the movies he's been in, like the Friday series, like that's definitely not movies that I watched growing up. Well, Andrew, you weren't allowed to consume anything with black that's people true. on that's it true. when you were growing that's, up. So that's-, that, that's my point is I feel not that he's a niche, but that like he doesn't have that. I mean, fucking suburban white moms go crazy for Kevin Hart. Yeah. Oh my really? god. Yeah. Yeah. I guess he just. I mean, I have a weird relation with Kevin Hart. I got weird with him when he made that the whole get whole. He went on that whole like press tour after that tweets resurfaced. Where which I'm against canceling people. Yeah. Tweets all the time. But he had all these weird things about like his son. His son was gay. He would like throw. He would like smash a dollhouse on his head or something. And then he like didn't apologize for them. He claimed he apologized for them in the past. But he never really did. And he did a whole non-apology tour. And I was like, okay, this is weird. Just say you're sorry for saying that it was stupid and like move on. No one would care. But instead, he like doubled down on like I don't care that I said that. Well, and that's just, you know, bad PR. Like, that's yeah. bad people on your side. But that's the other thing is I think that Cat Williams is not, did not become a celebrity in the same era that Kevin yeah. Hart became a celebrity. Back then, you could get away with pushing the line because the line was so much further. And even then, the line was really thin anyway, where it was kind of like, oh, well, you know. Of course, he crossed over. It was kind of easy to do that. Whereas now comedians have to sit more so in a box than they did before. Um, I think rightfully so. It's not a small box. It's still a pretty fucking big box that should be smaller. But I digress. Kevin Hart had the PR, the management, the access to the contracts. Like I think that Cat Williams boiling it down to they wore dresses. That's why they're more famous than me. I think erases a big girl i wear dresses all the damn time where's my money girl it you're not a black man yeah. um despite what you think i forgot again so that's a good time to get into that because i think that's part of the reason why we as a podcast are talking about this it's not only that it's it was kind of a crazy interview and it was a funny interview i i, I think 
that it probably would have passed fairly unnoticed if it wasn't for the core of his argument, which is, and he's very careful about his language, but like there's tropes, those conspiracy tropes of like, there's a Hollywood elite, there's a Hollywood cabal, there's a nebulous undefined them that is running everything and has supreme control over all these different factors. Specifically, the conspiracy theory is that they intentionally debase black men before they're allowed to quote unquote make it in Hollywood. So they have to go through these rituals like when they go to an award show, they they wear like a, a skirt or a dress or when they're in a movie, they have to make them dress up as like a goofy like female character or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then in comes Cat Williams, who is above all of that and has never once spent his morals for anything in Hollywood. And he's claiming that, you know, he got roles despite that. But other these other black actors and comedians are getting these roles because they were OK with that. So, like, the one story he told was in the original script for Friday After Next, his character, Money Mike, was supposed to get raped in a shower. And his stipulation for taking that role was, I don't want to do the role if this scene is still in the movie. Because for him as a comedian, and this is totally valid and fair, he doesn't feel that rape is something that should be joked about. He doesn't joke about mm-hmm. rape in his sets. He doesn't want that. And and that's totally fair. But then he's getting into stuff you know, more crazy stuff. Like he's skirting around like the really crazy stuff that people skirting. say. Like, I see what you did there. Stop. He's not skirting around. They're actually trans people that they're, they're basically like, you know, making them trans or they're trying to demasculate black men basically. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of, I mean, just in general, there's a whole other topic of, you know, eighties, nineties, even older, older back further than that of just like the joke of a man being a woman. But I think it is really prevalent in, comedies or movies that also have to deal with black men so it's like debasing them but also then debasing women by being like let's make joke of women by being and then also debasing trans people it's a whole the whole thing and there's a lot of truth to that that is a trope but then also butting up against what cat williams is saying is is there's some them that's making this specifically happen for a reason and it's very hard to figure like which is which is really true or not true him and his interview left a bad taste in my mouth the way he was talking about these things Mm -hmm. just it kind of came off as homophobic in some ways he kind of a roundabout way accused certain people of basically sucking dick in hollywood to make it and like he meant it like actually that way whether those people did or not i don't know but he he's making these comments like you oh you'll never catch cat williams doing that yeah there was a lot of undertones to it where I was just kind of like "Mm, this doesn't sit right with me Um, but that's also to say that like I don't know I don't hold Cat Williams to any type of you know standard when it comes to being accepting of other communities yeah nobody's going to Cat Williams and asking him what his stance on LGBTQ inclusion is yeah like so to me that was just like yeah that it feels right um, I do think it's so interesting that he because he revisits that subject of, you know, the public humiliation of black male actors multiple times. And to me, I don't know. It just says I am better than them because I probably didn't do something that they maybe did. And it's so easy to make accusations like that because you know that no matter what 
if the answer is yes, they'll never say it. If the answer is no, well, you're going to think, well, the answer is probably yes, and they're just never going to say it. So I think that's A, a trap there. But B, what is the fucking utility of it? Other than you get to say that you're better than someone else. And that's where I get so annoyed. I am trying to figure out what what is the point of this interview. He seems to be on a mission. What is the outcome that he wants after this? Does he want somebody to approach him and put him in a movie? Does he does he want another special? I, I don't know. He comes off very confrontational. Yeah. Do, is he wanting to approach these people and get some kind of apology from them? I don't know. No, I think he wants a rise out of them because he he says at one point, because Shan at, at one point says, oh, no one's ever going to want to come back to my show again. And Cat Williams says, they're going to be knocking down, like they're going to be beating down your door or something to that effect. So I think that if anything, it's to get a rise. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's some benefit to this for Cat Williams, where to be honest, this is the most that I've ever talked about Cat Williams. I didn't even know Andrew knew about Cat Williams. I had forgotten he existed until this interview came out. I was like, oh, wow, what has he done? Well, maybe in the that's last part of it too. Five years. Yeah, it can, and that's it can what I'm be saying. It's it, can, like, it can be a bunch of different things. Like parts of this can be true. Parts of this can be fake completely. Parts like can be conspiracy theory fake. Like you could be just be losing it in that aspect. Parts of it can be a little embellished. Um, I think it's I think it's kind of all over the place. And I feel like maybe there isn't a real takeaway from it. And it's just like kind of pure entertainment. I don't know. I mean, maybe he'll get another special. Maybe did he just have a special? I think. Um, I feel like he did a couple of years ago. I also think I'm going to say, and I actually kind of, and I like that he did this, and I'm t- I take part. I think it's, there is a lot of authenticity in it, to be honest, which I appreciate, and like honesty. But part of it to me when he made that comment about Steve Harvey and being just like one, like I don't really know what else Cat Williams can play, but Cat Williams in movies, like he can't, you know what I mean? Like if he wants to be, like he kind of has one type of role. That's the funniest thing is he he makes that point over and over and over again that he's the opposite of that. He's a true yes, actor, yeah, and not. that's why these other comedians. I, I I agree with you. I mean, you. it could be. I guess maybe I haven't seen him a lot of things, but in my mind, like I see Cat Williams as like uh, he plays this like gimmicky like pimp. Yeah, very fast talking. Very yes. I don't think anyone has ever given any second thought to that, and 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 even considered like Cat Williams as this great like auteur of of cinema or whatever. Because most of the time, when comedians, people who are comedians first, end up acting in movies that's just the yeah. way they are they kind of Once they are that enough. and that's what people want to see anyway are you going to a cat williams film expecting to see like you know daniel day lewis level of performance no you're going to a cat williams no, film because you want to see a cat pimp williams name slickback <laughs> no it's a pimp name slickback like a tribe called quest you say the whole thing i just think and i this thing about like i got i got if you're in the industry and you're working i understand there's jealousy and there's things that this person got this over me part of it's also like it's a business and there's business deals. And it's like when people get like, you're a sellout for having a hit. Like, no, they, they're making music and they want to make fucking money off it. Go fucking eat your ass. But like, they're going to just cause you know, cause you, cause you couldn't sign a record deal. Like I hate people do shit like that. Like, well, I'm here for the, for the art of it. Okay. Well, you yeah. can be for the art of it and also make a fuck ton of money. So like, shut up. I hate, I, I hate stuff like that. And it kind of came off like that a little bit to me too at times. Yes. And I, I think it's so ridiculous that, in order to be an artist, there's this weird perception that you have to struggle. Like I know people who are artists. I'm like why can't why can't it? It might be easy for somebody, and that's okay. And it might be yes. harder for you. That's just the luck of the draw. 
it's also that someone could just be more marketable than yeah. you. And like, yeah, that sucks, but that's but unfortunate. It really, but figure it out. And he figured it out to yeah. some degree. He's doing it. He's not nobody. Yes. And I think that's why I'm kind of sitting here like, what the fuck are we doing this for? Because you are not some slighted actor yeah. who we should feel like, damn, that sucks. Like, had you been aligned with the right people, your career would be this. Your career is there. And quite frankly, I think the bigger things to take from this, if they're true, are like the things that, like, yeah, the parts of Hollywood that should change. Sure. Like, that's that, that's if, if we believe that that'd be true. The, the story he told about Harvey Weinstein trying to like suck his dick. Like, if that's true, I mean, Harvey Weinstein already is getting his like, these are things that are important to talk about. But like that to me is separate than the whole like I was slighted or I wouldn't let Harvey Weinstein suck yes. my dick. So therefore I didn't get the whatever movie like that's a thing. That is a thing that we've been saying for women forever. I agree, but I don't like how he framed it. And it, the whole yes. framing of it is I not agree. like let's talk about Harvey Weinstein. He has in the past talked about Michael Jackson and R. Kelly, but why he he has to talk about the bad parts of Hollywood by attacking these other comedians yes. like basically his peers doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me and whether you know you think they're talented or not talented what people hear when he talks like that is they're not thinking about harvey weinstein anymore they're thinking about you know how cat is saying that like well i didn't let anybody suck my dick but implying that these other people did did yes. well, you don't really know yeah like how could and that's you know what that? i mean it, to me it's so it feels like all he's saying is this is a bad thing that's actually happening, but fuck Kevin Hart. And it's like, oh, we could have ended. There, was, there could have been a period in the middle of this sentence. Yes. Yeah, very much. It felt very much like old man yells at cloud. <laughs> he made lots of choices throughout his life that brought him to where he is today, but also seemed to have been very hard choices at the time. Like it can't be easy for a 13 year old to emancipate themselves from their parents and move halfway across the country and then, you know, be homeless. Like, yes, obviously that's a decision he made that made his life very difficult. So like there are other decisions he's made along the way like that, where for whatever reason, his ego or the way he's confrontational, like just made that happen. Well, then you can't be mad about somebody else who didn't have to struggle in the same way or during that time period because they didn't make a decision like that. Well, and I think what's also frustrating is like to the same token, Cat Williams is saying, I'm giving all these other people opportunities. And I'm like, you say that you've toured with all of these comedians who are so much funnier than these people that you've been name dropping this entire episode. But when you say these are the people who are funnier and better, well, what does it say about you that you don't even have a name to drop? Yeah, because you're clearly not pushing them forward in their not career. Helping them. That's like you could help them. Yeah, I know all of the names that he talks shit about. I don't know any of the names of the comedians that he claims to know that are so good. The only ones I remember yes. specifically, like he mentioned Dave Chappelle, um, he mentioned Patrice O'Neill, but that's not what he's talking about. He's talking Dave Chappelle's made it. Patrice O'Neill made it. And still has a cult following. Who are these 46 other comedians that you claim you took on tour with you? What did Cat Williams do for those people? And that's why I'm just like, did I just listen to a man stroke his own ego for almost three hours? Or did I listen to someone who exposed real things about Hollywood? And to me, it's hard to say that it matters because he's still fucking lying. Like you did not get accepted into college at seven. And like to me, a lie like a liar is a liar and wants the 
once the story is tainted with a lie, it's no longer a truth. And to me, Cat Williams is doing what I think a lot of comedians do is that there. And I remember Hassan Minhaj got, you know, put on under fire for this was creating false truths or, yeah, there's truth in it. But then there's this big grandiose story that you have to pull and stretch out to deliver it in a way that matters. And just like Jonathan Majors, Cat Williams is someone who understands his craft. And so I think that that was so present in the interview that I'm sitting here like this interview just felt like a weird stand up roast that wasn't funny. Yeah. A one sided stand up roast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not sponsored by Comedy Central. Anyway, tune in next week to hear Paul. Anyway, he's going to be talking shit on all of us, I'm sure. Please. Honestly, I would love to see Paul in his Cat Williams era. He can finally say the N-word without feeling bad about it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> well, I can debunk that Paul went to college at seven because I knew him. <laughs> and he famously did not. So he claims that. And I was also famously with Paul in yeah, college. Yeah, and you guys weren't seven. So we I would like to know what college accepted him and uh, why didn't he go? So I actually looked it up. There's like no information. Of course not. I just Googled it. Of course it. not. Because it, it says he got a scholarship. <laughs> it was a science academy where gifted kids got scholarships. This is Reddit. Who knows if this is true? He got a scholarship, but didn't go because he ran away from home instead. <laughs> well, he did do that. That's I know. That's, that's why it's history. funny. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, anyway, go watch it if you haven't. It's interesting. It is very fascinating. I don't know where I stand on Cat Williams. I still like Cat Williams for what he was and what he is. And I think he said some crazy shit. And some of it I think is probably true. Some of it's probably lies. I think the personal stuff feels like lies. But like the like Hollywood stuff, I think to some like the whole Illuminati part is interesting. But like. Like, is it the Illuminati we claim that we think we, you know, when people talk about with Beyonce or is it like something different? So with a, that's interesting. Yeah. The, too. the rituals that he talks about. The like, rituals. That's the, an episode that we'll definitely want to do this year. I've always wanted to do an episode yeah, about that because it's it's so fascinating to me. And, all, and just the intersection of like what's actually true and then like what people believe online. Like, it, obviously, Cat Williams is not far, this far down the rabbit hole, but, you know, there there are people that legitimately believe that. Almost every major actor or actress is actually trans. But all of that feeds back into this milieu of, of conspiracy theories around Hollywood that can get very dark and very problematic very quickly. But we're just getting started this year again. Um, so we wanted to hit a light episode this week as we ramp up and get back to speed. And that was about some of the craziest shit that we've seen so far this year. I think January 3rd is 2024's January 6th. <laughs> I'll take it. You know, I did watch the whole thing. It did keep me ensnared. So, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. yeah. Good. All right. Well, this was and, another. Uh, and I found out who Shannon Sharp was. What? You didn't know who Shannon Sharp was? No. I love. Oh, I, you're, not I, really, I just, you're not a you know what I love about this. Football this guy. is what I love about the complexities of us. Like, Erica didn't think you would know who Cat Williams is because why would you, I guess, in her mind? But then, like, why would I know who Shannon Sharp is? Like, you should know who Shannon Sharp is. But, like, I know who Shannon Sharp is because he's a football player. And he has a show with um, Skip Bayless and they have, whatever. This whole I, I watch it all the time. And like that's something you should be watching on paper. But I'm watching it. Uh, I, I would watch pregame interviews all the time if they were that. Shannon Sharp is interesting. He says some stupid shit sometimes. I get. I disagree with him, but I like him, and he's nice to look at. He's honestly 
a little bit Joe Rogan coded no. as like an interview. No, no, oh, as an oh, interviewer oh. where it's just like he he had a couple of questions, but he pretty much just let Cat Williams go. Yeah, and I think it also at that point, what else you're gonna do? But yeah, it was very much like Joe Rogan really doesn't like pushing back on his guests because he wants them to keep saying stuff. So yes. I think that was the same thing where it was like you're in the thick of it. Like please give me more because um, this yes, is crazy. He's like, get me my sound bites, yeah. please and thank. I didn't even know he had a podcast, so now Which I do I know. And why is it called Club Shay Shay? That's pretty gay, gay. If you ask me. Well, to make it, he has to he has to be a little gay as a black man. Otherwise, they're not going to let him make it. So I'm not mad at that. And that that is a direct quote from the podcast. Yes. No way. Tune in next week where we have Cat Williams on. I will try. I'm going to get his DMs right now. Go for it. Uh, I'm sure you'll get a response. What else is Cat Williams doing anyway? I'm going to respond to his DMs. All right. Well, I'm Kirk. I'm Andrew. And I'm Erica. I didn't want to be a movie star. No, you couldn't be a movie star. There are 30,000 new scripts in Hollywood every year. Not one of them asks for a country bumpkin black dude that can't talk good over KB and look like Mr. Potato Head. There ain't none. Thank you for listening to Hellscape Carousel. If you like what you heard, leave a five-star review, subscribe, and follow us on social media. Stay tuned for more episodes.